This is Battleground Ballot Box, a production of Georgia Public Broadcasting. I'm Stephen Fowler, and today we look at how Georgia Republicans have decided to attack the election systems that they created in an attempt to stay in power. From the Georgia State House to the U.S. Senate, Republican elected officials have jumped into the deep end of election conspiracies and sought to overturn the elections that they participated in and won just because President Trump lost. In the span of about a week, both chambers of the Georgia legislature let Rudy Giuliani run roughshod over committee hearings and spread misinformation. Some lawmakers tried and failed to convene a special session to appoint electors for Trump. The House Speaker even said that lawmakers should now elect a Secretary of State instead of voters, and that's not even the half of it. Governor Brian Kemp, Lieutenant Governor Jeff Duncan, and Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger are about the only GOP officials in power that have spoken up about the realities of Georgia's election, plus Attorney General Chris Carr, but we'll get to that a little later. Last Monday feels like an eternity ago, but that's when a federal judge appointed by George W. Bush dismissed the infamous Kraken lawsuit brought by former Trump legal team member Sidney Powell. Judge Timothy Batten didn't even really get a chance to delve into the conspiracy put forth that somehow Georgia's voting machines were part of a secret Venezuela-led coup to overthrow governments because Powell, like every other lawyer trying to trash Georgia's results, is not an election lawyer and filed her suit in the wrong court, filed it too late in the game, and requested, quote, the most extraordinary relief ever sought. Monday and Tuesday, a pair of Fulton County Superior Court judges knocked down other lawsuits challenging Georgia's elections. This time, they were filed in the right court, according to Georgia law, but still had issues. One suit brought by the conservative Amistad Project as part of the Thomas More Society sued Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger and Governor Brian Kemp. Not what the law calls for. Tuesday, a different judge dismissed a case brought by a Georgia voter that argued that thousands of illegal votes were cast in the election. That challenge sued the Secretary of State and state election board members, still not what the law prescribes. Plus, this was after Georgia certified its results for a second time that confirmed Democrat Joe Biden won the state's 16 electoral votes. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton is suing Pennsylvania, Georgia, Michigan, and Wisconsin, claiming they made unconstitutional changes to their laws before the 2020 election. Paxton says those states tainted the integrity of the vote in Texas and in other states, adding he believes battleground states flooded people with unlawful ballot applications and ballots while ignoring requirements as to how they were received, evaluated, and also counted. University of Texas School of Law professor Steve Vladek calls it the, quote, craziest lawsuit filed to purportedly challenge the election category, adding he does not even believe the Supreme Court will hear this case. The other big bombshell came in the form of a lawsuit filed by Republican Attorney General of Texas Ken Paxton, who sued in the Supreme Court to throw out the results of four swing states. Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin on the grounds that they illegally conducted the election. Republican AG of Georgia Chris Carr responded quickly by saying that was constitutionally, factually, and legally incorrect, and the Secretary of State agreed. But that didn't settle it. 
Remember how Sidney Powell in the Kraken suit claimed there was a long bubbling plan to overthrow the government allegedly through the voting machine vendors? Well, it turns out the real calls to overthrow democracy are coming from inside the House. As it turns out, just about every other prominent Republican in this state has jumped on board with the idea that Texas has the right to tell Georgia what to do with its elections, and they agree with the lawsuit. Senators Kelly Leffler and David Perdue put out a statement literally applauding the Texas case. Last Thursday, while Vice President Mike Pence was campaigning for the senators in Augusta, he said, President Donald Trump deserves his day in court, the Supreme Court. And all I can say is God bless Texas. Representatives Buddy Carter, Rick Allen, Drew Ferguson, Austin Scott all signed a brief supporting that lawsuit. Congressman Jody Heiss and Doug Collins joined a day later. Now, the crux of the Texas lawsuit as it relates to Georgia argues that the state didn't reject as many absentee ballots as it did in other years, which seems suspicious to them. More people voted for Joe Biden than Hillary Clinton, which also seems suspicious to them. And allegedly, there is a one in quadrillion chance that Biden won all four of those swing states, which appears suspicious to them. Now, none of that is based in reality or fact, and no lawmaker that has supported that case has returned a request for comment about if they believe those particular statements. So you've got all of these federal lawmakers ignoring the fact that Joe Biden won and openly calling for our judicial branch to invalidate millions of votes. It's a long shot, and ultimately it was rejected, but what's the harm, right? Well, let's look at what state-level Republicans are up to. On Wednesday, the Republican Senate majority said they're committing to undoing no-excuse absentee voting that they created in 2005 and, until recently, was mainly used by Republicans. The RNC and the Georgia Republican Party also filed lawsuits seeking to limit the use of 24-7 secure monitored drop boxes to, quote, normal business hours and challenge the absentee signature process. Thursday, the Republican House Speaker suggested that the Secretary of State be a position voted on by lawmakers instead of the general public, hours after a Republican-led House committee allowed President Trump's personal attorney to spread misinformation and attack poll workers by name. And then Friday, several state lawmakers filed an amicus brief to the Supreme Court full of factual errors about voting in Georgia, claiming, among other things, that voters needed to sign absentee ballots and again called for the results to be overturned. In short, now that Trump lost the White House, Georgia Republicans have seemingly lost their minds. In the House Governmental Affairs Committee, chaired by Republican Shaw Blackman, lawmakers heard hours of testimony from witnesses that support several lawsuits seeking to challenge election results in Georgia. The sideshow star, again, was Rudy Giuliani, fresh off a hospital stay because of COVID-19, contracted around the time he testified maskless in the state Senate earlier in December. It's a disgrace to the people of your state. I know they're, they're disgusted. I see the polls. It's a disgrace to our political party that we would stand by and allow this to happen when it's so obvious that it happened. I mean, there it is right in front of our faces and they are denying it and trying to lecture us that we're pushing fraud when it's all over, when it's all over, when it's all over the tape. He's making fools of Georgians. He's making fools of Republicans. 
And the state legislature has to vindicate the honor of the state of Georgia. He reiterated debunked claims of fraud in Fulton County pertaining to a 90-second video of vote counting at State Farm Marina and repeatedly used racist dog whistles while mentioning the names of election workers that have been cleared of wrongdoing, alleging the black Fulton County employees were quite obviously surreptitiously passing around USB ports as if they're vials of heroin or cocaine. And said when counting ballots after Republican monitors left and the media left, they... They look like they're passing out dope, not just ballots. Perhaps the most compelling bit of the hearing came when the committee heard from Matt Brainerd, a pro-Trump witness who provided evidence in the one big remaining court case claiming to find thousands of votes were illegally cast. But I did a quick Google search of some of the names and easily found lawful Georgia voters. And Democratic State Representative B. Wynn, well, she did some digging, too. I just took the first 10 names that were listed um, that are alleged to no longer be a resident in the state of Georgia. Of those 10 names, I found eight property tax records that shows the voter still lives at this current address listed under which they're registered in the state of Georgia. They claim homestead exemption on this home as their primary residence and they pay property taxes on their homes here in the state of Georgia. These are 2020 records that I will be submitting to the committee for review. That's not all. Matt Brainerd also claimed to have evidence of people who allegedly registered to vote at a P.O. box, UPS store, or FedEx store, which is against the law. But Wynn had some news for him there, too. I immediately recognized one of the addresses. Um, It's right around the corner from which I live, and I have friends that live in this actual building. It's a condo building. Uh, with units on top, and it happens to have a FedEx center in the bottom of the combo complex. Um, I reached out to my friend that lives there and informed him that both he and his wife are listed on your exhibit as having committed voter fraud um, by trying to disguise their residential address as a P.O. box. He subsequently sent me a list of all the homeowners in that same complex and I cross-referenced them with their voter registration to confirm they live there. And then I also looked on your exhibit and every single person that owns a condo in that building that voted in this election has been accused of disguising their residency as a PO box. I found a similar scenario for an address that is also an apartment building with a FedEx center in the bottom of the building. I know exactly where that building is because I have friends who used to live in that apartment complex. And a simple Google search will show you in real time that that is a residential apartment building with a FedEx center underneath it. Now, for those two buildings alone, I've identified at least 70 individuals in the first building that are on this exhibit having been accused of disguising their residential address as a P.O. box. And on the second list, there are at least 58 folks that are named for that specific apartment complex. Before Chairman Shaw Blackman cut her off, the Democratic lawmaker and honorary investigative journalist said she even drove to a constituent's house to ask if they were somehow registered to vote in another state. Brainerd, who was paid a flat fee of $40,000 to produce this data for the suit, wasn't too shaken in the face of facts. Um, first of all, I, I actually want to thank you uh, for helping to uh, raise issues to help better validate the data. It's only with strong scrutiny that we're able to be completely confident um, in our finding. 
The purpose of the hearing was allegedly to hear about the problems and work on solutions to improve Georgia's voting laws, but the testimony for the rest of the day told a different story. And here's the thing to remember when it comes to making voting changes. Georgia Republicans passed no-excuse absentee voting about 15 years ago, a method that until recent times was rarely used and skewed towards older Republican voters. Now, GOP members of the state Senate majority vowed to remove that law after more than a million Georgians used it to give Joe Biden a narrow edge in a state that hasn't supported a Democrat for president in nearly three decades. Georgia Republicans also approved House Bill 316 last year, an omnibus elections law that paved the way for the Dominion ballot marking device system with a paper trail that many are now questioning, as well as other rules and regulations for voting. In addition, GOP lawmakers now want to get rid of secure absentee ballot drop boxes authorized by the state election board chaired by Republican Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger. But perhaps the most eye-popping proposal came from Ralston, the steady-handed leader of a shrinking House majority. Angry that the Secretary of State's office declined to attend the hearing on elections, Ralston turned on Raffensperger. Speaking to reporters at a Thursday press conference, he said the snub was the latest example of the Secretary of State leaving lawmakers out of the decision-making process. Today we have yet another example uh, of this, uh, of a constitutional officer who has chosen to uh, uh, be on his own uh, and to disregard uh, input. The Secretary of State's office said in a press conference just before there was a reason for their absence, the dangerous misinformation being spread by Giuliani and the Trump campaign. We have a shovel running against an ocean. It's an ocean that's being perpetuated by the President of the United States. And his legal teams, and they have the rights to go through their due process. What they don't have a right to do is then bring them out in a way that they can't be questioned and they can't be, you know, even looked at in a real way. And they give it the rule, they give it more heft than it deserves because the president is saying it. Ralston was relatively unconvinced and said there was only one way to, quote, right the ship, even though the November election was smooth and largely problem-free. Ralston suggested his preferred option would be the state House and Senate elect Georgia's top elections official, a move that is more symbolic than practical given the legislative hurdles needed to make it happen. Changing the way the Secretary of State holds office would require a constitutional amendment approved by a supermajority of the legislature and then passed by voters. Now, Republicans don't have the votes to make such a drastic move, so like much in recent weeks, it seems more grandstanding than practical policy. The 2021 legislative session takes extra prominence this year because of redistricting, and while Republicans control both chambers still, Georgia's shift leftward could be accelerated by GOP attacks on election integrity and voting rights or slowed by strategic mapmaking. On Monday, Georgia's 16 Democratic electors met to cast ballots for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. I am pleased to announce that Joseph R. Biden has received 16 votes for President of the United States. But in a sign of the times, elsewhere in the state capitol, 16 Republicans met to form their own, quote, slate of electors for President Trump, just in case a court takes unprecedented steps to invalidate the election and force the state's votes to change. No matter what happens, it is clear that the November 3rd general election will have a lasting effect on Georgia's laws and politics, and will help you keep track of what it all means.
I'm Stephen Fowler. This is Battleground Ballot Box, a production of Georgia Public Broadcasting. You can subscribe to our show at gpb.org battleground or anywhere you get podcasts. Please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Our editor is Wayne Drash. Our intern is Eva Rothenberg. The show is mixed by Jesse Neiswanger, and the director of podcasting is Sean Powers. Thanks for listening. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.